I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator, a podcast all about seeking, finding, and living with purpose. People talk about purpose, but no one tells you how to get there. But that's what this podcast addresses, how to find purpose. I interview experts in the field. You'll also hear from people who I call prototypes, whose life is an example of purpose. So on this podcast, we dig into their path and create a community of people in pursuit of purpose. Okay, I've got two questions for you today. You have to answer yes to both of these questions or you can't listen to the episode. Are you ready? Are you human and do you get hungry? (laughs) Those are the two pre-qualifiers to take part in Kirby Miller's food event. So it only makes sense that you would need that for this episode too. Now, of course, you're human. And of course, you get hungry. If you're like me, you get hangry. And it's like, feed me now. So Kirby's a really interesting person. She grew up in Michigan. She moved to Nashville after high school and got degrees in biology and chemistry, and then her master's in healthcare informatics. She is incredibly analytical and knows how to get things done. So she was working at Vanderbilt, the hospital, running a team, and in 2018, she was part of this large-scale software implementation at Vanderbilt, okay? It was an all-hands-on-deck kind of thing. It meant they were going to be at work at a Saturday, 5.45 in the morning, and she could not sleep. So she's like, okay, I can't ask my people to work all day without snacks. So she makes popcorn. She calls it Cajun Pop. And when she pulled it out for everybody to eat and snack on, It was gone so fast. They were basically like, uh, Kirby, never come back unless you have popcorn. (laughs) Everybody loved it. Now, this whole thing coincided with her making popcorn to give away as part of a culinary lifestyle brand that she'd started. She'd go to Williams-Sonoma, among other places, and then also do culinary events where she would bring together food and conversation. And she was discovering that this is what she really loved to do. Now, someone got a hold of the popcorn she made at one of those culinary events and reached out to her and was like, hey, I'm putting your popcorn in Grammy bags. And she was like, oh, Grammy bags, you say? Okay. So keep in mind, all of this is happening while she's working at Vanderbilt. She's still doing the science thing, right? So everything was rolling until New Year's Eve night, 2018. Moving into 2019, her mom and stepdad got into a bad, bad crash, and their lives changed in seconds. Her mom became paralyzed, unable to speak. She only just recently regained the ability to communicate now, almost three years later. So there's an emotional exchange in this episode where I ask Kirby to get real about the struggles of being her mom's full-time caregiver now. Kirby left her job to honor her mom in this way, and she's still following her heart to be an entrepreneur at the same time. I mean, these are parallel paths, and it's incredible, this journey that Kirby's on. And I think her story feels real. It's part of why I really wanted her to be a part of this, because her story highlights the things that might try to blow us off course from finding purpose. But Kirby's going to tell you, that car accident actually made her sink her teeth deeper into her calling. And this episode's a little different, too, because going into this one, I didn't know what title we would give her. And for some perspective, before somebody sits down in those turquoise chairs with me, I've already spent at least a few hours meeting them, getting to know them, really understanding who they are, what they're committed to doing as their own purpose. And I had done that with Kirby. I met her initially because a season one guest, Delisa Garrier, episode 10, the one building the billion-dollar theme park in Nashville— She told me, hey, you got to meet my friend Kirby. Kirby's the best. She'd be great on the podcast. And I totally agree. Kirby is awesome. 
We really connected one day over coffee months before we actually recorded this episode. But it wasn't until we were almost all the way through the recording that we both realized why she needed to be called the nourisher. It's because she nourishes. She nurtures everybody in her life. And while she's doing it, she's also nourishing her own dreams. And the best part of this is she does it all with gratitude. Kirby has a gratitude practice and several mantras and affirmations she says to herself. Those exact things are in your email inbox right now. If you're not already an email subscriber, but you want Kirby's mantras, just send me an email, lauren at amstigator.com. I'll send them over to you. And if you listen to this later, just make sure you tell me which bonus content you're looking for so I know what to send. And like all my interview episodes from season one and two, this episode is on YouTube in its entirety. You can see our awesome location on the Cumberland River for season two and see Kirby's beautiful face to search Amstigator. Okay, who's ready? This is Kirby Miller, The Nourisher. Hey, Kirby. Hello there. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, cheers, by the way. Yes. Um, Never too early for this kind of thing. Okay, so let's get started here. I wanted you to be a part of this season because I talk so much about purpose, Mm -hmm. finding purpose, sometimes making the transition to purpose because a lot of times it's not what we're already doing. Mm -hmm. It's not what we're already living. That's right. And so we do have to make a conscious choice. Mm -hmm. And to me, you represent someone who is in the middle of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you had this life. Mm -hmm. You said, this isn't everything. That's right. How do I make it what I want it to be? Mm-hmm. And, and you're still sort of feeling your way through that process. Absolutely. So uh, let's kind of start from the beginning where you were, because mm-hmm. you had this amazing job with Vanderbilt. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yes. Yeah, so I love having these types of conversations because we often think we're alone in things or like we have this odd mix of ingredients that you're like, well, how do I figure this out? And everyone else seems to be figuring out their lives. So I think these conversations are so important. So yes, I had an amazing career at Vanderbilt that I loved, that was fulfilling in some ways. And there always was this undercurrent though of there's more, the things that come naturally to me, they're nourishing to me, but then I was seeing how they were of service to other people. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I started kind of cultivating this lifestyle brand on the side and that was kind of my outlet but there came a point in life where life was life and it threw a curveball where a tragic incident kind of entered my family's lives and with one phone call everything changed Mm. and in the midst of navigating that tragedy that undercurrent that you would think sometimes you would just put a pin in those dreams or those ambitions actually became stronger and I really just why why yes yes because I've gotten curious about that That's one thing life has taught me is get curious when you feel unsure, when you feel upset, when you feel jealous, get curious. Yeah, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this instead of just like thinking I'm this crazy bad person? Get curious. So for me, I think it's because something that I'd always known here that life is finite and you seize the day, I was really having to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Uh, In that incident uh, that happened, both my stepfather and mom were critically injured in a car accident. And so I was touching, seeing, smelling, having to make decisions every day for a scenario that wasn't planned. Yeah. Yeah. That's 2019, wasn't it? That's right. Going into the first day of 2019. So for me, I think that was the why. 
because we can say that we know that life is short and we have all these dreams and ambitions, but when you're really seeing that every day, when you're seeing people who did all the right things and had pushed so many things off for retirement, Mm. and when you're seeing that life just um, did what it does, it throws those curveballs. For me, that was a, it it amplified the urgency to really sink into that Mm. calling a bit more instead of just kind of flirting with the notion. It's interesting because I feel like that sort of wake up call that you had Mm -hmm. almost came a year and a half earlier than the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of the world had that wake up call with COVID, it feels like. You know, when our our calendars got cleared and we Mm -hmm. we were left with just our thoughts, you know? And we had to say, is this really what I want? Mm -hmm. But you, you almost were coming into this earlier. Yes. So in a way, you're helping you're helping others, right? Yes. You're helping other people who yes. maybe came a year and a half later mm-hmm. going, wait a minute, is this what I want to do? Is this the timeline I want to do That's it right. on? Um, so so how many people have come out of the woodwork to look to you oh my goodness. Like, for help and support? So many. <laughs> so many. The text messages, phone calls, or through other podcast interviews, the notes that come after where people are saying, wow, I really needed to hear that. Because I think we we get this weird idea that one day everything will just align. Oh, ooh, let's dig into this, please. (laughs) We kind of fool ourselves into thinking like, okay, I'll kind of plan for it, but I'll get this giant sign or Mm. the conditions will be right. The conditions are never 100% perfect. Mm. But if you know that you're meant to do more and more isn't always grandiose and I want to be a star, I want to be this. If you know that you're meant to do something different, that's more nourishing to you, you feel like you're on autopilot just to make it through every day. Those are things to really pay attention to no matter what conditions you find yourselves in. So I really have been on the other side of numerous phone calls, email chains. People have found me on Instagram just to say, wow, I have felt kind of untethered and Mm. like I'm just free floating. And this helped me have a little bit more of an anchor. And for me, that is reaffirming. Yeah. Because I've always had that that type of relationship with people in my close circle. Mm. But part of that undercurrent was this pull, this calling to do that on, um, yeah. on a larger scale, just to help people navigate transitions. Yeah, I, I do think that's a hallmark of purpose too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that I talk about a lot about um, service is never, excuse me, purpose mm-hmm. is never about the me. It's about the we. It's That's from right. a place of service. That's right. Purpose has to be uh, something that enriches everyone. That's right. Um, or it's not purpose. It's purpose not is not ego mm-hmm. based, mm-hmm. you know? And so to hear you say mm-hmm. that of like, I, I need to do this and I need to do it for other people, That's right. right? Like I, I must do the mm-hmm. work. It's, mm-hmm. it's my duty to do the work so I can help other people That's right. see that there's another side to this. That's right. That's right. And finding some type of hope, even if your life has felt like it's shattered. Mm. Uh, for me, it's kind of like, okay, how do we reorganize these pieces? Yeah. And how do you have the courage to investigate some of those things that have been a part of your life that maybe you made these agreements or settlements like, oh, this is just a part of my life. Well, yeah. how do you have the courage to say, well, m- well maybe not anymore. Yeah. yeah. And that is not easy, but it's necessary. Yeah. Well, how do you have the courage to do that? Mm-hmm. I believe from my own personal journey and then just kind of walking along with others' journeys, your courage comes from knowing that the bigger picture, the bigger goal, the bigger draw has value. And the life that you're living, if you feel like you're on autopilot or living less than, 
it's not serving you and it's not serving others. So that is a courageous act to be able to say, this period of discomfort is well worth it. And for me, I've seen it happen time and time again. And we make these narratives up in our head. Like, <laughs> what are they going to say? What are they yeah, going to yeah, think? Yeah. How will I survive? And it's yeah. like, just use that courage to power through. And what you actually need yeah. will be magnetized towards you. I've seen that happen Ooh, in my own life. That's another. Times. Okay, so that is another what I call like pillar of purpose is that's like right. the magnetism that mm-hmm. comes with purpose because mm-hmm. um yeah it just happens and that's actually how yes. I started to find this <laughs> in the first place it's because I started doing stories yes. at the news mm-hmm. station with people who I couldn't figure out why I was drawn to them and finally after years of doing this very particular type of story mm-hmm. um these profile stories one night when I couldn't sleep and I'm staring up at the ceiling yes. it's like boom it yes. hit me it's purpose. I am drawn to purpose <laughs> yes. in all of these yes. people. That's what they all have. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yes. So then it became this thing of like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. If they have purpose, how did they find purpose? Yes. And then I said, no one talks <laughs> about finding purpose. That's right. You know, That's this right. is what I've got to do mm-hmm. right now. Yes. And so then it became this like, I've I got to find people. Yes. I've got to find all these people, and I got to mm-hmm. bring them together. Mm-hmm. And we got to talk about it. Yes. We got to talk about the the dark times. Oof. We got to talk about when there's like, yeah, it's easy to look at someone who's already successful after a transition right. and say, well, okay, well they did it, they did mm-hmm. it, they're on the other side. Mm-hmm. But to me, part of what's so interesting about your journey right now is you're still in it. Like in you're it. I you're not on the other side of it, right? right. Like you're still in mm-hmm. it. Um. So how did how did you get like from Actually, let's let's back it up to this point. When the when the point came, like you were leading people at mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, very prestigious place to to work in Nashville, and with great great visibility nationally. Yes. Um, when you said I'm going to leave this, yeah. what was the first reaction you got from a- a- anyone, anyone and everyone? Yes. Uh, I'll cu- I'll tell you a few different okay. pockets. Love it. Let's do it. <laughs> so, for from people who have been in my inner circle kind of pre-tragedy, post-tragedy, who know me well, their response was, it's about time. Yeah, finally. (laughs) We've been telling you. In fact, um, prior to communicating that decision, I had just landed and completed a really huge project. Mm -hmm. And that led to a conversation for a role that felt like an ideal role. Mm -hmm. Something that in one part of my brain was like, yes, this is what you've worked for. Yeah. And prior to communicating that decision, I told someone who I consider a friend and mentor who knows me well, knows kind of my design well, and I told her about it. And I was expecting her to say, oh, wow, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. You know, we kind of look for those external validations sure, so we can say, sure. okay, I don't have to do yeah. that courageous thing yet. <laughs> and she said, she looked me dead in my face. And we need people like this in our lives. Yeah. She said, I wish I could be happy for you. Oh. She said, but you and I both know that this is just gonna prolong you doing what you know you need to do. Whoa, (laughs) and what did you do? Were you like, yep, mm mm-hmm, yep, or did you just like stare at her like? Yeah, it was that deeper knowing that was like, okay, okay. But I'm so grateful for moments like that because we often just, like I said before, we just flirt with our zone of genius, with our purpose. Mm -hmm. We visit it, we get lit up, and then we go back to what we think we have 
to do. Oh. And so I was so thankful for her. And uh, that was kind of the response from some people in my personal life. Uh, when I communicated that at work, um, <laughs> there was the, the initial, okay. And then we were in a Zoom type of situation. We were still working at a distance. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a communication. And then when it, we told the team, uh, there was people started crying. Oh. And it was just like this big emotional thing. But for me, where we make up these narratives like, oh, no, I'm leaving this. Instead, there was an extreme peace. Oh, God, what a relief, huh? To say, I can end this well. Yeah. And, I, and I, that's another conversation when we talk about purpose and transitions. We don't really understand how to transition. Okay, let's so talk that about requires it. us to get curious, mm-hmm. really lean into our true design. And if you don't know that about yourself, that takes some root work. And then you have to realize that transition is natural. Anything that's living in life is growing, mm-hmm. or, so, or dying. Or, yeah, or dying. <laughs> or dying. But if you we'll choose I, it to be living. <laughs> If we, uh, if you and I tried to go dig up some of our pants from fourth grade and put them on, that wouldn't work out so well. Oh, God, no. You know, and so what fit you at one time isn't meant to fit you as you grow. So for me, that transition can feel uncomfortable, but it can, it should feel liberating in a sense. It should feel peaceful in a sense and scare you a little bit. Mm -hmm. But just the gracious words from the people on my team and the larger team all the way up to our C-suite folks that I worked with on a regular basis who poured into me to tell yeah. me what my journey with the organization meant beyond just the professional yeah. component, what it meant to them to see a daughter showing up oh. for parents who uh, right. were impacted by a tragedy yet still navigate a work situation yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Uh, and. Just those words were affirming sure. because how I decided to show up in that context in the middle of the hardest time of my personal life, mm-hmm. it helped me to know that that left a mark for them, mm-hmm. hopefully left an example for them, and that I could end that chapter well in transition. Right. So that was kind of the, the feedback uh, yeah. that happened from a personal and professional standpoint. Yeah, and it's worth noting, I mean, you yes, your mother and stepfather had that terrible accident, but you, you took on a different role after yeah. that. I mean, you are the mm-hmm. primary caregiver now. Right. Um, and I think you're living a life at this point that many of us will eventually live, but Mm -hmm. you're living it now earlier. Mm -hmm. And so I think in a lot of ways too, those older people that were saying, wow, Mm -hmm. amazing, good for you, that's also gonna be there in their future and it's just not there yet. And so you're you're kind of you're kind of shining a light for people. Mm-hmm. You, well, you are the shining light, <laughs> I feel like, for people Thank to you. already see, mm-hmm. all right, I can, I can mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And so what, what has that been like to take on all of the stuff that you have to do for your mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then at the same time try to find your path do for your mom mm-hmm. and do you at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that has to take a lot of courage, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, from my vantage point, I think it takes a lot of inner work and a lot of inner conversations, but what would you say it takes? I would agree with that, and I'm thankful for the inner work journey that I had started prior mm. to this happening, where I really took the deep dive to look at some of the hard things uh, in my past and some of the limitations that maybe I felt were keeping me boxed in. I'd already started that journey. 
I'd already started the journey to cultivate a gratitude practice, yeah. which sounds so kind of foofy to no, people. No, 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 please. I but like foofy. I do foofy. <laughs> That's really the foundation. So those seeds had already been planted, and I'm so thankful in hindsight because when you get a phone call like that and it rocks your whole world and you just find yourself in a completely different context. And so I'm not going to say it's easy every day. It's absolutely not. It's an absolute roller coaster because you have children. I don't have children. So you know what it is to take care of someone outside of yourself. Even when you're tired, you're sick, you're busy, all of those things. That's right. And so for me, it was really challenging, especially in the middle of a pandemic when things are changing every day. You're at an organization that people are looking to to be leaders and we're trying to get creative with how we use our space, the stress there, to wake up in the morning and know that before I can really do anything for myself, there's a medication schedule, there's Mm -hmm. a diaper to be changed, there's a bath to be given, there's a lot that has to happen outside of yourself. So for me, there were so many days that just felt like, wow. Where did, how did these cards? Yeah, yeah. and where am I? How yes. do I find myself here? How do I here? find myself? Yeah. And so what really did help me is that gratitude practice and continues to help me because as you mentioned, I'm still in the thick of this and different affirmations. And I know people might think, oh, that, they're really cute on coffee mugs and t-shirts, but they're even better when they're in your mind and heart. So okay. one that- I want to hear your affirmations yes. and I want to hear how you do them. Yes, so for me, uh, when I wake up, I try to really just be present and I had to start with something as small as, okay, I'm in a safe place. The way that my body feels on this mattress, being aware of that, because many of us get really good at dissociating from like our actual being and then starting with gratitude there. And then I'm a to-do list kind of person. (laughs) So you wake up and you start running your to-do list, but that can be deflating sometimes. Because you can feel like you're on a hamster wheel. So one affirmation or mantra that helps me in the morning is it feels the same, but it's not the same. Okay. Well, how, what does that mean mm-hmm. to you? And it feels the same because we're waking up at the same time. Yeah. The okay. to-do list has its core things that have to be done. Okay. And so it feels the same, but it's not the same because it is a new day. There are new opportunities, there are new people, there are new resources that weren't available before, and I'm not the same. Hmm. And we have to remind ourselves of that because it's very easy to run the same program. So that helps me to wake up with a new energy because you have to have something that you get excited about, something to look forward to instead of just feeling like you're in Groundhog's Day, just running the same day over and over. And then another thing that has helped me is to shift from just this is a heavy responsibility. Oh, it's incredibly this heavy. This is not what, what you think you're going to do in this your early 30s. This is heavy for you. And it Very is. Very heavy. It and is. for anyone, honestly, yes. who's in this situation. Yes. Yes. And um, for me, what's also been helpful is to think about honor. To shift from, oh, it's just me. But just being able to have an honor to walk this path with them. That doesn't make it easy. I've got chills because I think how much grace you have to choose to see it the way mm-hmm. that you're seeing it. But it is absolutely an honor. And um, for me, I just think about two people who were so fiercely independent and within seconds to have that removed and everything about their life. I feel like my life has changed. Mm. Everything about their lives have has changed. And to be able to walk that path 
to honor who they were as people before mm. this, to be able to give them hope that this is what it feels like today, but I'm partnering with you. I, I say this to my mom all the time who has regained some verbal skills. I was going to ask you if she's able to speak. Yes. Um, I ask her, okay, I'm here. You're here. Are you still willing to partner with me to move forward? Because to me, honor is giving people that option and agency and authority. We all want that. Mm -hmm. And so for me on the days where I feel like I could literally just melt into this mattress yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just let the world go on, it's like, okay, I get up not just for me, <clears throat> but for them yeah. and uh, the people that we impact. And so it's been a journey. Yeah, I believe that. It's been a journey, but it's uh, it's cracked me open in, in the best ways. How about it's popped you up? Let's, <laughs> talk, let's talk about popcorn. Yes. Let's talk about popcorn. Let's talk about popcorn. Like, this is something that I, I don't even fully understand mm -hmm. about about your journey, but I love this. So let me just start with a personal story. Yes. I grew up okay. with my dad. Uh, I, I th Let me start it this way, actually. I did not have popcorn from a bag okay. until I was maybe 18 years old uh -huh. and I was in college. Okay. My dad is a fiercely proud popcorn maker. Okay. We, he, even his grandpa name is Pop Pop. <laughs> For his popcorn. Okay, it's a legacy kind of. Thing. It is a leg. Popcorn's a legacy <laughs> in the Lowry household. I'm I just here it. to tell you. I love so it. So when I learned that part of your journey started with popcorn, I was like, I need to know more because for yeah. me, popcorn is love mm -hmm. and connection. Mm -hmm. It's family time at yeah. the end of the night. Like that's what all of the yes. popcorn represented represents for me. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your such a funny question. I know in my whole life I've never asked this question. Tell me about your popcorn journey. <laughs> yes, I enjoy being the oddball. And so <laughs> popcorn was not a part of some vision uh, that I had. I will give you the story in a nutshell. So about four years ago, I was a part of a large scale software implementation at Vanderbilt and that required all hands on deck. Yeah, hours uh, and hours, hours and hours. Hours, a huge, huge project. And there was one weekend where a lot of us leadership team, we're going to be at work on a Saturday <laughs> starting at 5.45 in the morning. Yeah. And I woke up at 3 o'clock that morning and I had to decide between going back to sleep and then if you oversleep once you've gotten up, that's the worst oh, feeling. Oh, totally. Yep. So I got up and I was walking around the house and it was dark and I was like, we're going to need snacks to get through the day. Yes. The woman after my own heart. Okay. I am always into the <laughs> snacks. Like I bring all the drinks, all the snacks. Yes. Food is, food is connection. Food is connection Please. and it creates just this camaraderie and yeah. it's like, hey, you're hangry, get in there, get some yeah, snacks. Yeah, yeah. So I created this popcorn called Cajun Pop. At that time it didn't have a name. I just was at 3.30 in the morning, blending yeah. up spices, putting them on the popcorn. So I go, we work the day, somebody opens the container, it's gone in like 20 minutes. It was a huge container too. And they're like, hey, don't come back without more of that. So yeah. the next <laughs> meeting we had, there was some more popcorn. And right alongside this huge project, I was still crazy enough to be doing events out in the community, this is pre-COVID, for my lifestyle brand. So I was at Williams-Sonoma and Pottery Barn and Macy's, and I would just kind of take the popcorn as yeah. I'm doing my demonstrations and talking to people about the brand. And then people are like, how do I buy it? And I'm like, it's not for sale, it's oh. just a snack. And then there was one event, it was a female empowerment event, so I was like, oh, I'm all about that. And I donated these little snack bags of popcorn. Yeah. And it had my Instagram handle on it. 
after the event, later on that night, I get this message from another female business owner in Nashville. And she said, I want to incorporate your popcorn into what I do with my company. Mm. And I said, oh my goodness, Great. thank you. Glad that you love it. It's not for sale. Because I'm not a popcorn person. Yeah, like this isn't the, this this isn't isn't the, the brand. Thing. This, this isn't, isn't it. This is just a little <laughs> side thing. She wrote me back and she said, you don't understand. You're like, oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, okay. She said, I'm going to give you money. You give me popcorn. Thus, that started me on this journey to figure out, okay, well, how do we create this vertical and make this a something, which for me, I think is a humbling thing yeah. too, because there's not an event that I can go to in Nashville or now it's gone into other places where people aren't like popcorn if they see me. And I'm like, <laughs> this is humbling. Isn't that wild? Yes. Like you never thought yes. ever, ever, ever. Yes. <laughs> and it's like this little tangential thing. And God is funny. <laughs> Uh, because having degrees in biology, chemistry, and informatics, you don't think people would lead with popcorn. <laughs> You're like, I'm a you. smart woman, yeah, I swear and, to and, you. And meaning and all of these things. And, <laughs> but it's something as simple as that has created community and connection. Yeah. The popcorn has literally gone all over the world. Yeah. It's been in Grammy bags. Yes. Like, this is crazy. Yes. And it's been a part of some really neat events. And so for me, that's as we talk about transition and all of these things, I had to take ego yeah. and tell it to take a back seat and just get really curious and open and lean into, okay, this is not something that I saw, but let's see where this can go and where, where can this go alongside these other paths that I'm on. So yes, that's, uh, that's how the popcorn started. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love too, that with Kidami Kitchen, like you've made it not just about food. I mean, that's it's, right. it's the food. Mm -hmm. What does food do? It brings people together, mm -hmm. but it allows you then to have conversations. So right. how does, so how obviously the popcorn brought people together, mm -hmm. but how do you use it now? Like yes. this way of having conversations and what kind of conversations are you having with people? Absolutely. So for me, food is an equalizer. And I saw that power very early on. I started cooking when I was five years old. And it invites people into a moment without having to qualify for the time. Yeah. You don't have to lead with, oh, I'm so-and-so, or I'm this, to be, I'm important. If you're around really good food. Yeah, you get to talk about the food. <laughs> you get to talk about the food. And then you start leading into meaningful conversations. And so that's what why I really love the food component. And the kitchen component really transcends a physical kitchen. Yeah, It's more concept. Because for many of us, that's where heartfelt conversations happen. That's where wisdom is kind of passed mm -hmm. on. So for me, it's more of a concept. So the Kanimi Kitchen concept has taken me into spaces also all over the world to really invite people into who am I? Answering for themselves or answering you telling them you are this person? Answering for ourselves. For ourselves. And I've seen where people like over good food and guided conversation, you can kind of say they're like, I've never said that out loud before. Mm. So to be able to hear their own voice and give language to who they really are, not who they've kind of created and the quick sound bites that we articulate to be like, ooh, do you accept me now? Oh, but when we yeah. dig deeper around good food and around guided conversation and questions that go a little bit deeper, yeah. people really get to unpack who am I really? Yeah. And who am I outside of all of these extra things? Yeah, the, the titles, mm -hmm. right? The labels, who am I outside? Of? What, what yes. other kinds of guided conversation? Yes. When you say that, I imagine you have a guide yes. that you like to guide th people through. So what is that yes. guide? Yes, and it really depends on the event. So I have had the opportunity to lead privates, small events, 
private large events, and then corporate events. Some of the corporate events are some of my favorites. Really? Because... It kind of surprises me. You, you know, I would think it would be the opposite. Yes, yes. And it's the private ones I love, and I have some really cool plans for those. But the corporate, I love it because people kind of come in ready to just mm. be structured. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're ready to, this is a work event, and yeah. I'm going to be work-like. And, and I'm going to pretend I'm taking notes yes, so that exactly. people think I'm really engaged. That's right, exactly. And um, we, we do these things to ourselves sometimes where we look for reasons why we don't belong. Yeah, that's like self-sabotage. Yes. And we think it's actually protecting ourselves. Like, whew, if I find the reason why I shouldn't be with them, then I won't be disappointed. I won't be embarrassed. Yeah. And so we seek those things out instead of reasons why we do belong. So in my corporate events, I, you know, you see everybody, especially in COVID, we were kind of in Zoom, so I'm like looking at these little boxes all over, <laughs> and you see people like, they're kind of stiff, and I'm like, all right. Uh, and so I start off and I say, okay, I have a few rules, and you see everybody like, I knew it, yeah. There's, there are rules. <laughs> there are rules, and I say, I kind of have a couple of rules, so I need you to answer these questions before we get started. It gets really intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, are you human? And you see them kind of like, did she just ask us if we're human? <laughs> And then a couple of people are chuckling in the little boxes. And then I say, do you get hungry? And then you kind of see people, and I'm like, that's it, let's go. Yeah. No one gets left behind and we're gonna be in this together. Yeah, yeah. But there's, it's important to set that tone at the beginning, like you have everything you need. Yeah, it's already here. In order for this to be successful. Well, what a, and that's such a deeper message too. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we forget that a lot, mm -hmm. especially in a journey of, of any kind of self-discovery. It doesn't even have to be a journey where you say, oh, I'm going to find my purpose. That's but right. it, I mean, even if you're like, something's missing here or yeah. who am I in all this? Like, mm -hmm. I, I need to find self. The, the beginning of that journey mm -hmm. has to be with an understanding that everything you need is right here yes. and matter of fact the guide is also <laughs> here. already here <laughs> and right. you were listening to that mm -hmm. otherwise you would have never embarked on the journey to begin mm -hmm. with that's right do you find that you have to remind people of that or is that like is there a light bulb moment in your mm -hmm. events where you see like the head nods mm -hmm. where people are like oh they got it yeah they got it yeah i see it both ways i see some people because everyone's on a different point of their path, you see some people say, huh, like, yep, I knew yeah. it. And now you're articulating it. So it crystallizes for them. They have the aha moment. And then for other people, it takes a little bit more conversation and more questions that maybe they felt as though, oh, this is like a silly woo-woo question. But then as we unpack it a little bit more, they're like, huh, this actually resonates for me. So yeah. I see it happen both ways. And for me, I want people to leave those events, whether it's virtual or in person, really full physically and happy, yeah. but then full on this kind of different level. Like a spiritual That's level? That's right, where they're nourished in that way hmm. so that this won't solve all your life's problems, but maybe you have some additional tools and resources to go on your authentic path. Yeah. That's my yeah. goal. That's my intention in anything. To bring that nourishment? That's right. That's right. I love that. Well, this is a perfect segue to play my favorite game, which is the I best time, worst it. time game. And and you've answered one of the questions, but it's okay. We're going to okay. start from the beginning. Um, are you ready to play? Let's get it. Okay. So this is the best time, worst time game. Okay. When was the best time in your life? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Pressure's on. Pressure's on. I would say there's so many moments that are meaningful, but I'll share this one uh, that's happened recently. 
I, through connection and authenticity, had an opportunity uh, to go to Italy in September to do what I love and to be around like-minded people. And that opportunity came out of me being more authentically myself and making yeah. connections. Yeah. And this was in the midst of just some really hard things personally. I had just articulated, hey, I'm leaving my corporate job. <laughs> and so for me, one of the best moments was when I was standing on the porch of this insanely gorgeous villa. Yo, of course, you've got to be in a villa. <laughs> in the middle of Tuscany. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm preparing for this culinary experience with this group of women from around the world. Oh, But it's wow. just me. Oh, wow. It's just me preparing, and I'm looking out over these lilac fields, and there's just this piece mm. to say... You listened, and mm. this is what happens when you listen. Oh my God, I'm like, that's so beautiful. I can see what you're describing. Yes. And none of that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it to makes you. perfect <laughs> sense to me. Yes. Why do you think it doesn't make sense? I think, and this is what I love, um, because being a highly analytical person with a science background, you make it make sense. But then there's this other part <laughs> where you're like, lean into it. Why it doesn't make sense is because we were... Um, we're still in the pandemic now, but conditions, I wasn't even sure if I was going to get on a plane and go to Italy. Yeah. I just left this job and it just, it, on paper, yeah. I should have been somewhere like making more plans, right? <laughs> Not filling out a spreadsheet. Right, there's another spreadsheet and an algorithm <laughs> and a flowchart. So uh, with the inputs, the physical inputs, it may not have made sense, yeah. but the spiritual deposits, it made absolute sense mm. because I allowed myself to be guided I allowed myself to be vulnerable. I allowed myself to be honest about my intentions and how I show up in the world and how I choose to use my energy and mm -hmm. my currency and what I want that to mean with my time here. And so it made a lot of sense in that in that type of realm. And so that would be one of the best times mm. where it's just like, huh, uh, my imagination is coming to life. Yeah. Wow. Yes, because one of my favorite quotes by Oprah says, um, nourish whatever makes you feel contented, Ooh. confident, and connected, and opportunity will rise to meet you. Mm. And I felt like I was standing in the middle of that. You were standing in the middle yes. of contentment. Yes. You were literally creating nourishment yes. for others yes. and nourishing yourself at the same at time. At the same time. Yes. That's so, so beautiful. I have to say that's one of the best uh, Quick deviation from this game we're playing. Okay. Where, <laughs> when was the point that you, because following a spiritual path or a heart-led path, soul-centered path, mm -hmm. that's a choice. Certainly for mm -hmm. someone like you with mm -hmm. three like, wow, science-based degrees, mm -hmm. right? Analytical degrees. Mm -hmm. You had to make a choice at some point mm -hmm. to stop letting this do all the, all the choosing. Mm -hmm. Was there a point you made a choice to lead yourself differently? I would say yes. There's always been this uh, duality, mm. always. And through conditioning, and I think our parents mean well, I learned, well, put the analytical one in the driver's seat mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this creative, more spiritually connected element, maybe in the back seat, sometimes in the passenger seat. So I'd, I'd never fully abandoned that part of myself is, mm -hmm. is what I'm getting at. I'd always had this kind of private world of exploring 
things that didn't make 100% black and white sense. Mm -hmm. There were some times in my life where I felt as though I focused a lot more on the structure and um, I felt like I was really just suffocating in plain mm. sight. Yeah. And so I learned to return to these other elements. But I would say probably about five years ago, right around the time that I decided, like, I'm going to put this idea out in the world more in a formal way, that's when I decided to really allow myself to have true duality. Like, yeah. I can lean on these things that have supported me really well, that are analytical. Right. I can make you a strategic plan with the best of them. <laughs> but then also, right alongside that, I'm going to allow this other world to have kind of a, a co-pilot yeah, element. Yeah. And so that took me on a journey of reading different things and really creating different practices. And for me, that shifted everything. The right types of people and opportunities were attracted mm. where I felt as though there was more of a wholeness, more of an integration yeah. of who I am as a person. So yeah. I'd say that's probably about five years ago that I really made an intentional choice that even though this may not fit into a box for anyone else, yeah, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to start being more outwardly forward with some of these things that I'm feeling and thinking. And it's really magical when you do that because that's of service to other people who have been waiting for this other puzzle piece. Yeah. Well, they don't know they're waiting for it, mm -hmm. but when they see it, something clicks mm -hmm. for them. Usually. That's right. Usually is how that works, I think. Uh, when was the worst time in your life? Yeah. Hmm. I would say, for me, the worst time was right along with that accident that we talked a little bit mm -hmm. about earlier. I um, have been in healthcare for a really long time. I built amazing relationships uh, at Vanderbilt, was able to get my parents diverted in there. And I was hopeful, you know, on the, in the first few hours after the accident and kind of going back and forth between the rooms and talking mm -hmm. to the providers and was hopeful. But the absolute worst time um, was where I felt like that, that hope just got sucked mm. out was uh, probably about six to seven hours after the yes. accident. and. I was able to talk and get my parents kind of moved up in the CAT scan line, and um, one of the providers walked around the corner. And you could just see it, huh? You could yeah, see it on their face. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I said, we're so sorry. Mm. Uh, and it, they were went on to explain about the bleeding that was occurring in my mom's brain. And um, shortly after that, she would slip into a coma. Mm. And so I would say, that moment where you've tried to rally all your internal troops and you, yeah. my plans and this, this and that, that moment where you're like, huh, it, it's, you've kind of end, you've reached the end of like what you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kirby, have you ever asked yourself if um, losing your mom would have been easier? Than what I you're do. dealing with right now? I do. And not just from the context of myself, mm. but I also look at the journey. Um, it's hard for her. Yeah. I do think about that. But here's where I found peace and what I actually know for sure. The, um, I don't think any of us can say that our childhoods were picture perfect. Right. Right. Um, in our context, there were specific traumas and issues and things that had happened that were unresolved. 
And many of us, um, I think my siblings included and my mom, we had learned how to just persist. Yeah. Not healing those things, but persist. Mm. And through this process, uh, a lot of that has been untangled. Mm. Um, when my mom, because I'm there <laughs> yeah. every day, uh, when she started to regain her cognitive ability and verbal ability, and through what we did every day, that allowed us to have some really hard and challenging conversations. I bet. Mm -hmm. And that allowed her to articulate some things that we never talked about before. Mm. And so when you look at peace and resolution. And healing. Mm -hmm. well, I, I know before her time is over uh, in this realm, I'm thankful that she got that peace. And I know yeah. for sure that I'm thankful because Again, with you and your action-oriented, you think, oh, that's in the past. I can yeah. make this plan. But I know that um, I wouldn't have been able to fully show up as the person mm -hmm. that I'm meant to be with that unresolved portion. So I do think about the ease. It would have been hard in the moment because you're like, oh, wow, that anyone who's lost someone traumatically and suddenly, there's so many questions. Yeah, right. And there's and moments that you wish that you could have had. Right. Um, but I think it's two sides of the mm. same coin. This life uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> and so I know someone listening to this who's lost someone suddenly um, probably could say, oh, wow, how could you ever think that it would be easier? Yeah. Like, I wish I had those moments. And then right. for other people who have been in a caregiving capacity over time, yeah. for someone who's fully dependent, probably understand it differently. So I think it's just our, our life paths right. will help right. us comprehend that differently. But I'd, that's definitely a thought. Yeah. Yeah, and thank you for answering it so beautifully mm -hmm. and answering it in the way that it was intended. Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, it was um, a maybe a hard question to answer. So thank yeah. you for answering it mm -hmm. so beautifully. Um, what's something about your nature that you've overcome or you continue to overcome? Oh, wow. I think it's that intersection of the um, wildly creative and analytical. Mm -hmm. You can kind of... Yeah. Be self-sabotaging in some ways <laughs> and keep yourself small yeah. because like, wait, this is yeah, what I like, feel. Yeah, you're talking well, from... make it make sense. You're talking from two different places. That's right. I've had in instances of that yes. too. Of like, my mind is like, no, 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 I'm in charge. My That's heart's right. like, uh-uh, like, <laughs> back off. <laughs> yeah, That's so right. Like, Do you really want what you, you yeah. know, what you say you want? Then it doesn't always make sense. So yeah. I would say that's something that I've had to sit with and really get curious about yeah and a shift for me and it's a daily that practice is um, forgiving mm. it holds a lot of people back you know yes for the 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 choice not to forgive yes. I think holds people back yes. from true transformation 100 it's a big one and it's not always external it's forgiving yourself and having yeah. grace with yourself and I've learned to thank some of my limitations and some of those thoughts that you have about yourself that if you heard someone saying it to your best friend, like you'd knock them out. If, <laughs> if it was, but you say it to yourself. Oh, and that's a good um, point. getting curious about that, why, where did this come from? Why yeah. is this second nature? But there's just this part of you that tries to protect you, to try to keep you in your norm, kind of keep you in this box that you've created mm -hmm. for yourself. But I think there's a point where you realize this this box doesn't fit me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for trying to keep me safe. I thank you for <laughs> trying to keep me away from doing something so big. Like, because there's this thing like, yeah. oh, you know, 
the higher you rise, the harder you fall. Oh, all of these things yeah. that we do to ourselves and who are you to do this? And so I've learned to, to thank those thoughts and get curious. Yeah. Like you're, you're trying to protect me, yeah. but you, you're not the truth. That's yeah, and right. I wish that, um, 12 year old me knew that 19 year old me knew that. Uh, but that's a critical component of why I do what I do and why I invite people into experiences, whether that's over food or conversation or in other consulting work that I do, invite people into those moments where you can understand who you really are mm. outside of those really, really harsh, critical things that we've layered on top. Who are you really? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you have value there right. that no one can take away from you. So uh, for me, that would be the biggest thing that I've had to wrestle with and yeah. continue to wrestle with. Yeah. You're such a nourisher, and I love that. And I love thinking of that as being, you know, a, a purpose. I've never heard someone use that word, but it's just mm -hmm. so beautiful. And I'm, I'm such, I'm such a proponent of, of naming each of these episodes <laughs> with this like word picture. Mm -hmm. I feel like every single one of these names mm -hmm. need to create a word picture yes. because it is the deeper meaning. It That's is right. the deeper mm -hmm. embodiment, the deeper energy. It's oh. all, it's all of that. Yes. And I just love thinking of you as the nourisher. Okay. And um, there it is. And there it is. <laughs> Golly. Uh, it's like we've workshopped your title there just in this hour, and I love it. Um, when did you realize your purpose was your purpose? Wow. When did I allow myself to hmm. agree? Ooh, <laughs> maybe that's a better question. Yeah. Well, um, and I know everyone's different, but I think many of us have known things, but really agreeing with them would require you to be a different version of yourself, and you're just not ready for that. Mm. Uh, so for me, I've... I've always known, what do they say, knowing your knower, uh, that I was meant to do much of what I'm doing right mm. now, but it didn't. How do you put that in a box? Yeah. Well, yeah. How do you put that on LinkedIn? How, you do, how do you quantify <laughs> that? <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. But life has taught me that, um, for me, the things that don't necessarily fit into a discrete description um, really still are powerful and healing. And so for me, I think I knew that when I started to put those little pieces of myself out into the world, like a little bit, and just the response for well, people. Well, there's a reward, right? right? I do feel like there's like a, a the, the universe is conspiring in your yes. favor. Like you are meant to yes, do yes, those yes, things. You yes. put a little bit of yourself yes, out, there, out there and it's like, yes, 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 yes do right. more. That's right. The response and people saying, wow, I've never thought about something in this way or you know, I haven't had someone actually sees me or I feel mm -hmm. like I'm empowered to do or people who've come back after conversations or sessions and have said, this is what I've done mm -hmm. and I've never thought I could do that. So for me, that was that confirmation of yeah. purpose. Like, okay, you can be yourself. Show up in the world with the science and the woo-woo and <laughs> there's a place for that. And be you, you. And be you, you. <laughs> We're going to have a, an EP come out with a song. But uh, that's what I, I knew is when I started putting those pieces out into the world and just the response. Like, okay, finally. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it. Kirby, what's next for you? That's an excellent question. What's next for me is really continuing to be open. Yeah. And curious. I know that word. We could use it so many that's times. That's my favorite word. I yes. mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. keep going, please. Because we don't allow ourselves to be curious. We might say, oh, I'm an, 
but curiosity. It, it requires time and space. And vulnerability. And vulnerability, yeah. And so many of us, just like I said, run the same play every day. Yeah. And that doesn't require curiosity. Yeah. And it's a false kind of sense of safety. So yeah. for me, I'll continue to be curious and continue to speak my own truth and be led and do the right next thing. Mm -hmm. And that has led to some really neat opportunities that might manifest themselves in this coming year. And I'll just continue to rely on that inner GPS, yeah. even if I can't put it into a pretty spreadsheet or algorithm. <laughs> you don't need it, right? That's right. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be known. I would venture to say it's more powerful. It is. And it's, I think a lot of us don't embrace that mm -hmm. because we're almost afraid how powerful it really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it now. I think life has rocked me to the point <laughs> where it's like open your eyes and pay attention and you don't have to hold on to these uh, false sense, these different things that you thought your identity was made up of. You don't have yeah. to anymore. Yeah. And so for me, I just think it's, it's powerful and I just want to help to create that mm -hmm. ripple effect for other people. You're doing it, girl. I appreciate you. Kirby Miller, thank you. Thank you. Kirby's the best. She does some really hard stuff with a lot of grace and resilience. And she's continued to stay open and grateful in the process. And I think that's something we can all aspire to do. And I don't know if you noticed this theme here, but we've just had three guests in a row now talk about curiosity and how important it is in breaking down the internal barriers and overcoming your own fears Clara Belden, Frank Castellano, Kirby Miller, pop, 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 all right there in a row. All of them said the same thing about the importance of asking yourself the questions that matter. And Frank even said, oftentimes the question's more important than the answer because it leads to more questions and then more awareness. Questions are something I also talk a lot about, how they're the key to deepening your own self-awareness. And if you haven't already, episode 17, the one called Three Questions to Deepen Self-Awareness, that's where you're going to learn a lot about me and also the questions I had to ask myself to try to gain clarity during a time that was just completely out of control. And to be totally honest with you, that situation hasn't changed. <laughs> I've changed. Getting curious and answering those questions, ultimately, that's what led me to create Amstigator. So I think you'll get a lot out of that episode, too, and reflect on your own life and the questions you should be asking yourself. Now, if you loved Kirby or you want today's bonus content with Kirby's affirmations, just shoot me an email, lauren at amstigator.com, and I'll send them over to you. And take a moment to review this podcast. It'll mean so much to me and help others find this important work. For now, I encourage you to shine your light, lead with your heart, and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator.